Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Sixers had a nice bounce-back win against the Hawks to even the Series 1-1. The Phillies have lost 6 of 10 and now sit four games back in the East. The Flyers drew the 13th pick in the NHL draft, if you care about that, in June. And good news coming out of Eagles camp with Jalen Hurts and getting a lot of rave reviews from Nick Suriani. Plenty going on again, as always, in Philly sports. Well, Nick might be just a little bit biased. I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, I'm all fired up about the Sixers. Bill, I got my Sixers T-shirt on tonight. They came back strong last night after an unexpected game one loss. Came out firing on all cylinders in the second game. Withstood a couple of Hawks runs and uh, ended up with a double-digit win. That was nice to see. Now they get an extra day off before playing game three. Friday night down in Atlanta. And, oh, by the way, the big guy scored 39 points and 40 points in his two games in 73 minutes of playing time, despite that slight meniscus tear. And if I hear any more comments from you about Joel Embiid being soft, Bill, we're going to have problems. Well, you're probably going to have a problem with it. Is he, by the way, is he a um, uh, game day decision for next he, week? Why he stop, may be day to day. He may be drama and go out and play. For a couple of weeks. He's got a slight oh. tear in the meniscus. Oh, I it could can tell. swell up. He's yeah. just very good, and he wants to play. He wants to win. We'll talk about that later. Let's get our yes, guests on. We Bill. will. Well, we have a couple of great guests tonight in Neil Hartman and Ray Lowe. So let's get started. Let's welcome Neil Hartman back to Philly Press Box Radio. Neil, welcome. Join the Franks. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to be with you. And uh, look, Joel Embiid's not soft, not when he scores 79, <laughs> and he's the, the cornerstone of what could be a, a championship team or might there be a go. championship team. There you go. Bill, you'll get your turn. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready for it. Let's talk a little Sixers first of all, Neil. Uh, after a rough opening game loss to the Hawks, they came back strong, as I said, in game two. Doc made some adjustments. Uh, how's this series going to play out, do you think? Do the Sixers have enough to beat these guys in five or six? 
Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's seven. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is going seven. I, I, I think Atlanta is going to have uh, – they're going to – I think they're going to win a game in Atlanta. I think it's going to come back even, back to Philadelphia. Uh, and, you know, can the Sixers wrap it up in six? Possibly, but I really think this Atlanta team is scary. Yeah. Uh, just so many weapons on the outside, tough matchups for the Sixers, guarding them defensively. Uh, but then again, they can't stop Joel Embiid, but that's okay. They're not trying to stop him. They're trying to make sure that everybody else doesn't have, you know, Tobias doesn't have a big game. You know, I mean, Ben Simmons has, you know, he's done some nice things defensively, but I'd like to see him kind of stimulate that offense a little bit more with what his skill sets, uh, you know, what he brings to the table. Uh, Doc did sit him down there when they started yeah. doing that hack, hack of Ben last night. So, look. Great series. Um, Atlanta's better than I thought. I'll say that. They're definitely better than I thought. But I thought it was interesting, uh, Neil, social media-wise, uh, Doc Rivers getting a lot of heat after game one for not making adjustments. He made some adjustments, some nice adjustments in game two. Uh, to me, the biggest one is he ba basically sacrificed Ben Simmons offensively and said, just go out and deal the ball around. Don't worry about shooting. Play defense. And he did. Well, look, Trey Young's a really clever player. Uh, I've seen now a couple of occasions in both games where he initiates the contact, gets the call, um, and I, you know, I, I, you know, look, I didn't see a lot of Atlanta games all season long, but but my sense is that he's been doing that all season long, and he gets away with it. Um, when you put someone with size with the length of Fiebel on him, I mean, it, it makes it really, really difficult for him to create. Now, look, I thought they did a good job with him last night. He made that one three that was from like just a couple of steps beyond midcourt. But beyond that, they really had him under control. So I think, you know, look, um, you know, it's going to be a chess match going back and forth. But what Tobias talked about after the game, how they put different bodies on him and trying to, you know, change things up, how they're going to defend him. And I think you're going to have to do that because he's a very clever player. He's a very smart player. Uh, and and they know how to find him. And he knows how to find uh, his, his teammates too. Give him credit. The guy has – very good vision on the court whenever he's double teamed or, or, or senses someone's open underneath. Well, we talk a lot about Ben Simmons here. Uh, if the Sixers say come up short in this series, is he going to be the fall guy? Are they going to look to perhaps trade him, get him out of town? Well, um, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't make it easy on himself when you miss <laughs> free throws and, you know, yeah. look, doc, doc after, I think it was, game once or maybe it was in the last series he said well you want me to bench ben simmons well then he has a chance last night and he didn't want to put up with it ben missed two free yeah. throws ne you know next time out he takes him out waits till the two minute two minutes left in the game puts him back into the game look the free throws are going to be something that you know people free throws jump shots but he does do a lot of really good things he does when he pushes that basketball when he plays defense and, and stops the best player on the other team, he's he's a nightmare for for opponents, uh, particularly defensively. And then what he can do offensively from a from a passing standpoint. But you know, it's still it's it's. I guess the word's annoying that he doesn't shoot the ball. I, you know, I mean, it's I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm there going like shoot the ball. I mean, like or drive or or, or initiate yeah. something. So yes, he's going to get he's going to get his share of heat. I think Doc Rivers might, depending on how he goes about coaching this series. But if you lose to Atlanta and you're the number one seed, that's not going to sit well with Philadelphia fans.
for sure. Hey, Neil, uh, Joel Embiid is not your MVP. Um, played in 51 of 72 games. Um, I, I would certainly think that's the reason he's not the MVP. If it was the best player award for games played, it would be a runaway, you think? Uh, if he played every game, there's no question. I, I think it's – when he's on the floor, I, I mean, I, I still think he's the best player in the NBA. Uh, you know, uh, look, Jokic is a, you know, he's a great player. Um, you know, I see him a little bit more during the playoffs now. And, you know, he's a terrific player. Um, so is Doncic. He's a good player. So is, you know, look, a great year for Chris Paul, great year for Steph Curry. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of players that have really good years. But when, ben, when uh, Joel Embiid is on the floor and he's playing at the level he's playing at right now, forget about the meniscus. Uh, he's he's dominating. He's just dominating on both sides of the floor. He can he can impact a team defensively, and he he gives the Sixers this this uh, sense of security, knowing you have this huge body in the lane that can help you defensively and then offensively. Look, when he's hitting those threes, how do you guard the guy? I mean, like you're going to give him open three because he can get you beat you off the dribble. Any big man, he can beat off the dribble, and or he has great foot movement or great you know uh, his. His foot movement's terrific around the around the hoop. He, if he were if he were healthy all season long, he would be the MVP. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about some guys who are not playing all that well. That's your 2021 Philadelphia Phillies, uh, Neil. They're, they're just frustrating to watch. I, I think I heard today they've already blown six games that they were leading after the seventh inning, which is kind of a repeat of last year in the shortened season. Is it Joe Girardi? Is it just a decision on, you know, who they're getting, you know, for the, these bullpen guys? I thought the bullpen was going to be a lot better this year, but so far it's still kind of shaky. It's just helter-skelter. I mean, what did they score, 17 runs that one game last week? I mean, you're like, how do you go from, like, scoring no runs to scoring 17 runs in a game? Like, what happened? Like, <laughs> I, it's just – it's I can't figure it out. I can't point my finger and say – this is the reason why they do this one game and they don't do it the next game. Um, you know, injuries. I mean, when Bryce Harper goes out, that was, that was a blow. And that, that certainly began the tailspin a little bit. Um, a pitching has been, you know, look, Aaron Nola has not been Aaron Nola. Mm -hmm. He just has not. And, you know, Zach Wheeler has been great. Um, you know, there's been moments where you could say other, other people have gotten the job done, but uh, right now it's, um, it's really difficult to watch the Phillies play because you expect them to be better than what they're playing right now. Yeah, and the only thing that's been consistent for them all season long is their defense is awful. <laughs> night in and night out. They're just not good. I mean, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who's, who's got a couple – or at least one gold glove to his credit, he looks like he's never been in left field before. Uh, struggling, and a whole bunch of them. And just every night it's, it's somebody else uh, defensively. Well, I think any championship team in any sport, I think we always overlook, maybe not in the NFL, but you overlook defense. Like in the NBA, if you play good defense, you're going to be in just about any game because you're, you're going to keep it low scoring. You're going to control the tempo. You, you know, there's a lot of things that you can control if you, if you play good defense. And in baseball, if you don't play good defense, you can't keep giving teams outs. You're not good enough to give teams outs, and the Phillies give teams outs. Are they? They 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 they're giving them extra outs. It's just not a way to go about playing, uh, playing the game. So, uh, you know, sometimes I you know like, 
you know, is Reese Hoskins a good defensive first baseman? You know, can he play? Can he play the? You know, is um, you know, you, you mentioned the outfield. I mean, we've had how many center fielders have we already seen this year in, in center? Uh, it's just, you know, look. When uh, actually, one of the things that surprised me when Bryce Harper first came from Washington, I was actually impressed with how well he played defensively. But yeah. I don't know if he's still been at that level, you know, since then. So you make a good point, Bill. All of this put in, you know, throw all this into a uh, into a bowl and you know, kind of mixing it up, and and you know, it's it's not looking good for what we were hoping would be a improvement from last year and a team that would compete in the NL East. Fortunately, the NL East is no one's taken off, so you have an opportunity to be able to stay in the hunt. But you got to clear up some of these problems. Hey, Neil, before we uh, talk some Eagles, I want to switch gears and talk about what you have going on at Rowan. And let me tell you, about two months ago, we had one of your uh, pupils, one of your prime pupils on. That would be Kayla Santiago. Boy, she is very impressive. She already sounds like she's got a great resume at age 21. So you guys must be doing something right over there. Well, that's a shot of Kayla uh, broadcasting the Delaware Blue Coats in the G League Championship game. Uh, Rowan, we have the opportunity now to broadcast the the 76ers G League affiliate. So we did uh, all their games this past year. We'll do them again this year. Um, it's been a great partnership to work with uh, not only the Delaware Bluecoats and and that management, but also the we have some involvement with the Sixers as well. And then this summer, Kayla and some of her classmates at Rowan, uh, we have. I guess the number is about 15 or 16 students that are involved with the Wilmington Blue Rocks. So we have mm-hmm. a partnership with the Wilmington Blue Rocks. We've carried the Wilmington Blue Rocks on Rowan Radio since 2011, but this is the first time our students are calling the games. And then we have other students working in, in other roles with, with the Blue Rocks. So we're, awesome. we, we believe that it's important for them to get some professional experience working with these teams. And then they also have the opportunity to be able to do Rowan athletics. Our, our baseball team just played in the Division Three World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, success with basketball in the past. Um, football has always had a good program. Jay, of course, he does a great job with that program. So it, it, it's really been um, you know, a, a great opportunity for, for anybody who comes to Rowan who wants to pursue broadcasting. One of those broadcasters that's doing both the Blue Coats and the Wilmington Blue Rocks is a freshman. So we, wow. you know, you can come in. You can get if you if if you you've done a little work in high school, you can come here to Rowan and have a chance to do something that uh, I don't think a lot of students get to do at this level. Well, that that's really cool. So uh, they basically sign up, and then you rotate them through like different two each night or a couple each night. Or how, are how you thinking about auditioning, Bill? You and, you, and Jeff, you guys are going to audition I, I, in. I, I you coming back to Rowan? Come on. We'll take I call a couple football games in my Let's day. Let's go. <laughs> no, so the way we work it is we have auditions. And um, for the Blue Coats, uh, Tom McGinnis, the radio voice of the Sixers, was one of our um, one of our judges. Dee Lynham, a former colleague at Comcast Sportsnet, mm-hmm. uh, was, a, was a judge as well. She, she does the television broadcast for the Blue Coats. So Dee and Tom, myself, uh, Derek Jones, who runs the radio station, who also happens to do play-by-play for ESPN, not a bad guy to evaluate students who are doing play-by-play. So the four of us uh, did that for the Delaware Bluecoats. And then for the Wilmington Blue Rocks, um, we had John Sadak, who's the new TV announcer for the Cincinnati Reds, who's a Rowan alum. And John was uh, kind enough to be one of our judges for uh, for the baseball. And then we also had 
uh, Liz Welsh, who works for the Blue, Blue Rocks and marketing involved with Derek and myself. So we have a kind of a team that we put together. We evaluate the students. We get about, I got about 40 or so students that audition for both teams. And uh, we picked in the Blue Coats, we picked six. In the Blue Rocks, we picked eight, only because of the amount of games. Uh, but we also give an opportunity to graduating seniors. Both times I gave uh, two roles to graduating seniors to be able to get involved so that they leave Rowan, they still have something to do uh, the summer following their graduation, and then hopefully it leads to a job. Our students are getting jobs. They're getting great jobs. Uh, I'll give you one quick story. I know we're going to talk about the Eagles, so this, this kind of relates. Uh, we had a student that interned with NFL Films, which is, if you're in production, that is the, the, the creme de la creme of, of internships. And um, his name is Sean Kelly, and Sean graduated last May, and he got uh, he interned last spring, gets the internship, then gets a job with NFL Films. And then within a year, uh, Sean was one of the people nominated for a national Emmy Award for his involvement for, for a show. So imagine that. You're graduating from Rowan. Within a year, you're, you're, you're nominated for a national Emmy Award. Um, that, that just speaks volumes. It's not only broadcasters that we have. We have great journalists. We have uh, production people as well. So really proud of the program. And, and I think uh, Sean's uh, example of, of what, what can happen in a very short period of time is pretty special. Tremendous. All right. Well, uh, you also do these play-by-play camps in the summer, uh, sort of related, but not really part of the Rowan thing. So you have that going again this year too, the play-by-play sports camps? Yeah, so most people would want to keep that play-by-play, keep that across my face the entire time. (laughs) No, uh, yes, there it is. Thank you. That's very kind of you to show. Um, So last year, because of the pandemic, we did everything virtual. Uh, We did six weeks of virtual camps. I did six hours a day for six weeks. That was a um, that was tough. That was, that was a lot. That's a lot of camp. Um, uh, Normally, I do I do do six weeks uh, of camp, and. what we're, we're this year, as you saw there on the graphic, we were in South Florida in person. We're in person in Chicago, Dallas, and also our East Coast overnight camp will be in Philadelphia in August. Uh, I'm, I run the camp in Chicago. I'm involved in running the camp in uh, Philadelphia. I help run the advanced camp and then the virtual camp I'm involved in. And then uh, Jeremy Treatman, who owns the camp, uh, along with Stephen Goldstein, uh, Jeremy will be in South Florida and also in Dallas. But we really work well together as a team. I've been involved with these guys for five years. I was one of their first speakers in 2002. So right now we have almost 1,000 campers uh, in a traditional year. Um, and it's, it's great. It's all over the country. You know, we're not doing L.A. We're not doing um, Atlanta. We're not doing Boston. We're not doing uh, what, where we normally will be. So in 22, we'll be in um, our normal cities all over the country and um, – probably adding a few as well that we had hoped to add last year, but because of the pandemic, we're unable to. So if you're 10 to 18 and you're interested in getting in sports broadcasting, uh, I encourage you to look into it. It's, 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 it's awesome. These kids have a blast. And, and the virtual has actually been a lot of fun because if you're an LA camper, you now are interacting with someone from Boston when you wouldn't have done that ordinarily if you went in person to your LA camp. But now, and then at night, these guys all have these chats and they're going on back and forth. And just talking, you know, and you know, they, they love talking sports and they, they have these great discussions and it's really neat to see. So thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk a little bit about a little what bit is about the website, it. the website for that? Uh playbyplaycamps.com. Playbyplaycamps.com. So thank you for that, Chuck. Hey, hey Neil, just a follow-up to that. Um, 
if you don't want to be necessarily a voice, a, a broadcaster, uh, does the camp cover other things as well, or is it strictly like a broadcast camp? Well, um, look, it's kids 10 to 18. So uh, not every not every uh, youngster, even though they have aspirations, maybe at 12 to be a sports broadcaster, maybe by the time they're 15, they say, oh, well, you know, there's other aspects of the sports industry that I can maybe pursue. It's the same thing what I deal with at Rowan. When someone comes into Rowan, um, most people think they all want to be broadcasters. No, that's not the case. I mean, we have a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, students that want to be a beat writer for an NBA team. And those beat writers for an NBA team might not necessarily be writing for a major newspaper. They might be writing for a website. They might be writing for look what you guys established, right? The Philly Press Box. So uh, you know, it's you can you can establish your own kind of uh, content for your own site, whatever. And, and you guys are a perfect example of it. And that's what I tell students all the time: you can create your own um, sites. Um, but there's also the teams now, like the Eagles have like 20 people in a newsroom working to deliver their content to, mm-hmm. to this rabbit Eagles base. So in the, in the old days, it might've been maybe two or three and, and, and NBC sports, Philadelphia with Comcast Sportsnet when I was there would be producing those shows, but now it's reversed. Now it's done the other way. Now the Eagles are doing it or the Sixers do the same thing. Flyers have just you know announced that they've, they've gone down that path as well. So it's, um, it, it, that's a changing of the tides. But for those youngsters that come into camp that maybe think they want to be a broadcaster, they find out, oh, there's other things. Cause we, you know, we're shooting camp, you know, there's, we have cameras, you know, we have these different stations that we take them through. They're doing talk radio. Uh, they're doing podcast. Uh, they're doing anchoring, they're reporting and they hear the guests. And when you hear the guests, you know, like Adam Schefter, for example, was one of our guests last year in virtual. So you hear Adam Schefter, you're, you're probably thinking, well, I could probably be a beat writer and do that. You know, I know a Schefter obviously is in television, but he started as a beat writer covering the Denver Broncos. So just to kind of uh, need to see the way they, they kind of change their thought process while they, while they get a little older. Well, we promised people uh, an Eagles comment or two from you. So, uh, Neil, what do you think about Nick Sirianni and this Eagles offseason? What are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think like everybody else, I'm very curious to see how his style, um, which is clearly different than what we've seen here in the past, how it works, uh, comes across a little goofy. I don't know if that's a fair <laughs> thing to say. but you know, High school Harry, yeah. yeah. He's just a little different. Well, his dad was a high school coach, so, I mean, he's been around it for a long period of time. So my brother's a season ticket holder of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, and, and loves Frank Reich and look, this is a disciple of Reich. And so, you know, I guess you would say, so, um, I'll be curious to see how he changes things up. They clearly need some, you know, they need, they needed some new, some new energy, something that kind of changed things up. Um, now I don't know if that's going to translate into more wins. I'm very curious to see how Jalen Hurts does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see how, you know, there seems to be some, we, you know, some more weapons here now in Philadelphia offensively, which will help. Uh, you know, look, I, I mean, again, the NFC East is not like, they're not knocking down everyone's door. Oh, look out for us. We're coming. <laughs> you know, like, I think you could, you could compete for the division. Just like the, I said, in the Phillies and the NL East. I mean, I guess the, the East Eastern conference is, is not exactly uh you know, scaring everybody right now in either baseball or football and basketball. We'll see. We'll find out if that might be the case with the Sixers. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, 
what happens with the Eagles. I don't think the expectations are really high at this point, which is probably good. Um, but we're going to get a lot of Jalen Hurts. We're going to get to see what he's all about. And uh, if the weapons that they've drafted over the last handful of years pan out now on the receiver core, eh, who knows? Well, look, it's the unknown, too. We have no idea how and, – and Jeffrey Lurie doesn't know. The players don't know. No one knows how he's going to react when he's when he's there coaching a game. And we won't even know in the preseason. We really don't know for – you'll know in a couple of games you'll have a pretty good sense. All right, does this guy have a handle on it? Um, you know, I remember – let's go back a little ways. Uh, Rich Kotite. When the Eagles had – I forget what the start was with Rich Kotite. And then, you know, just – Everything does. So, so maybe what I just said is not necessarily true because he had the great start. He did lead a team to the playoffs, and then he had a great start the following year or whatever it was. I'm, I'm losing track of years. But I just remember being coach uh, covering his last game in Cincinnati, and he was just – he was an awful coach. And, and then, thank God, the, the Jets took him. Why they took him, who knows? Yeah, I don't As know. a head coach, who knows why they did that? But you, you generally, generally – have a pretty good indication if someone has a handle on things early on, and then you can kind of project how the team's going to, you know, fare from there. Very good. Well, Neil, before we let you go, uh, run by one more time those websites where they can reach you at your camp, and uh, that's probably the best thing, I guess. Any other yeah, so, uh, social media you have going on? Yeah, so it's Neil Hartman TV on Twitter uh, is where you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Neil Hartman TV. Um, and the play-by-play camps, playbyplaycamps.com is where if you're interested in getting involved in sports bar now, I will say this one thing. We, we talked about our camps are generally for 10 to 18, but this past fall we did a adult camp. Uh, we call it our fantasy camp, um, virtual. And I, I ran that camp as well, and it, it, it was pretty cool. We, we did – uh, six weeks of two, two, two like uh, two-hour sessions during the week, and we had a camper from or you know a participant from um, Mississippi, from Oregon, from Ohio, from you know New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I mean, it was really cool having this kind of different uh, type of um, you know clientele to deal with. Rather than a youngster, you're dealing with a 28-year-old pharmaceutical rep that wants to learn about sports broadcasting. So if you're interested, that's another thing uh, to perhaps pursue. And uh, and if you're a, a high school student and you're thinking about a, a university, love you to think about Roan and our program, Sports Communication and Media Program within the College of Creative Arts. So uh, awesome. College of Communication and Creative Arts. Fantastic. Well, Neil, thanks again for coming by. As always, we always enjoy you and uh, let's do it again. I appreciate it. I, I know I'm, I'm always at the shore. It's always a good time. It's a great time of the year. Yeah. So thank you. Congratulations on your success. Look at you guys. Now we're all fancy. We've got this you know, know. beautiful setup going on here now. <laughs> you know, Chet's in. We got this whole, you know, uh, the whole setup. I'm very impressed. So great job. Thank you for having me. And I uh, wish you guys continued success. All thank right. you, Neil. Take Thanks, care. Neil. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, great stuff from Neil. Enjoyed the heck out of that. But hey, Chet. I know it's the summertime, but I got a feeling your couch is still getting more mileage than your car. It's time to start saving for you, my friend, at Allstate Pay-As-You-Go Insurance. 
Yeah, you know that, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles that you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that, of course, is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, 610 430 0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Well, hey, Chet, great stuff from Neil, but uh, we've got a second guest tonight. So it's a first time guest for us. His name is Ray Lowe. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ray before he joins us here on the uh, on the hour or on the half hour. Yeah, uh, Ray is seventy eight or seventy nine. I think he just turned seventy nine recently, but we'll, we'll check with him on that. But he is a guy who's had quite a life. Uh, I think he was an engineering student in college, but he ended up in financial planning somehow and uh, ended up uh, in that business for a long time. But then a few years ago, he retired. And since then, he's been doing all sorts of other things. He considers himself the luckiest guy in the world. And now he's talking to other local or lucky people. And he does a weekly podcast, The Luckiest People in the World. He's got all sorts of interesting guests on there. In fact, he had uh, Dave Raymond, the original Philly fanatic, on there last year. So an interesting guy. And uh, we have a lot of questions for him because he's, he's going to tell us about his life and his podcast and what I didn't mention, he is a U.S. Masters swimmer. So he's been swimming his entire life and still competes, I believe. And uh, he has says it's a part of his fitness. So he's in pretty good shape for uh, an older gentleman. Yeah, well, we'll let him tell us uh, when we get him, when we see him here, uh, about his website. But uh, you can check that out. He's got some neat stuff where he hopes to be continuing to um, compete he said in the eighties and the nineties. Hey, why not? Or, or more, yeah. he said. So, uh, the luckiest man is interesting. And, uh, as Ray says, he continues to, uh, he'll tell us some of this, but, uh, do seminars and things like that. And he continues to look for other lucky people. That's you, Chet. I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. Now we got to find, uh, Ray. So see if we can uh, track him down and get ready to talk to him. Hey, while you're, while you're doing that, Chet, one thing I wanted to throw at you, uh, and I, I didn't want to bring it up with Neil because it was just, I didn't want to take up too much time. But, uh, you know, talking about the Phillies, uh, the other night, did you watch the game between Wheeler and Scherzer? I'm going to have a little comment about that in oh. my uh, parting shot. Okay. So <laughs> yes, I did. Talk about that. Particularly about the how it ended or the latter part of it. Well, the thing that frustrated me, it was two to one. Both of them are dealing. I mean, they're they're both outstanding uh, that night and, and every night. Um, 101 pitches out marches Girardi and hooks Wheeler at yeah. 101 pitches. I about jumped completely through the ceiling. Chet, when I was coaching JV baseball, high school baseball, uh, we threw 75 pitches <laughs> as 14-year-olds. And and we did keep a track of that. But we got to a championship game. Our kid threw 110 pitches. 
and he said, Coach, I got more. I got more. I said, hey, Brian, you've gone 110. <laughs> he said, okay, okay. But, you know, and then they did the same thing to Scherzer uh, at 108. They went and got him at 108 pitches. Just Yeah, it's like that magic number. You hit 100, 105. Oh, no, we got to preserve you. Yeah. Just, <laughs> how, did, just, how did Steve Carlton last 20 years in the league? Yeah, it's just amazing uh, and frustrating to me, especially in a team – and, and as we were talking with Neil, a team that makes errors increases pitch counts. So now all of a sudden you can't get those outs. Now all of a sudden your pitcher's going less means you're into your bullpen earlier and on and on and on. It's that same nightmare that that we see. But I just don't, you know, that, that pitch count is put in there for managers not to abuse pitchers at young ages. And, and why it has become a thing in Major League Baseball is just really beyond me. It just really is. Yeah, you know, it's very frustrating to watch baseball for a lot of reasons these days. There's just all the strikeouts. Um, they don't move the runners like they used to. And, you know, maybe we sound like old geezers here, but it just it's frustrating to watch because there's just not much action. I mean, baseball was never the most exciting sport out there, but there was strategy. There were other things to watch for, but now – it's with everybody, you know, swinging for the fences and 16 strikeouts per team in some games. I think the average is right around 10 per team per game. It's just kind of frustrating, and frankly, it's often boring to watch a game. Yeah, it, it is, and I, and I was going to bring this up at the end, and uh, we might not have time at the end as we, as we get to Ray a little bit late, but um, the other thing, Chad, I was going to throw at you, the, the opening series – against the Nationals uh, at Citizens Bank Park, 15,000, 16,000, and 15,000 people at those games. Uh, the Red Sox visited the Bronx to play the Yankees, and the most they got in any of the three games there was 20,000. They were at 18 and 17, and I believe 20. 20 was the high. Uh, is it too early because of the whole pandemic thing for people to run back out to the ballpark? It's also June. Um, schools getting out and all that kind of stuff, or as you said, is it becoming hard to watch a ball game? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. And because of COVID, a lot of people ended up bailing on their uh, season ticket packages. And so now they're trying to push single game ticket sales. And that's a tougher sell. If you don't already have the tickets, you know, you, you might think, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. And especially if your team is not playing very well, and there's a lot of teams like that where it's a problem. Even Philadelphia right now, they've had uh, not a great start. They've had a lot of injuries. So it's going to be different this weekend, though, because the Yankees are in town. So unfortunately, it's going to be at least half full with Yankees fans. And I'll be there Sunday. We'll see how that goes. Well, it'll be interesting to see because, like you said, they, they only got 20000 for Sunday night against the Red Sox at home. Uh, unless they're all just waiting to come down to Philly to raise havoc with you guys uh, that are going to be there like you. Um, but um, it, maybe it'll be a little barometer to see see how it goes, see what kind of crowd they get. The other interesting part of watching the game is the people that are there are not sitting in the good seats. Uh, you yeah. know, the, around the dugouts, behind home plate, those those are empty for the most part. And you'll see outfield shots. And you'll see people way up in the in the far outreaches of the stadium. And I don't think that's a COVID thing. I think it's just they don't want to pay for the 
higher priced seats. And I don't blame them. You know, you can see pretty much just as well from the third level behind home plate as you can from right behind it. But it looks kind of empty when you're watching the center field camera focusing on the batter and you see, you know, four people in the stands right there. Right. Now, I will say this because I actually looked this up. Uh, The Dodgers played the Braves uh, over last weekend also, and they drew 38,000 to, uh, I believe, Saturday night game. Now, Atlanta's been open 100% for some weeks, uh, but Dodgers came to town and they, they, they did a nice job of putting people in the seats that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be different from city to city. And by the way, uh, Neil mentioned center field. I think we've had five different guys play center field. Well, there's another one tonight, Luke Williams getting a start. He's, uh, you know, the guy they called up yesterday from the minors, Lehigh Valley. And he's not actually one of their top prospects. I think he's only rated like their 29th highest prospect, but he's versatile. He can play pretty much every position. And he was supposedly doing very well at the baseball championships or whatever they have going on. And uh, Todd Frazier spoke highly of him. So he's getting a start in center field tonight. Maybe he'll uh, impress. Who knows? Well, that's kind of interesting because, quite frankly, maybe he should start him in left field. Because one of the only couple yeah. guys that's hitting is the one playing center field. Uh, and he hasn't been tremendously consistent, but he has been hitting the ball and he has been getting getting on base, uh, O'Double, much more than McCutcheon has been. So, uh, you know, if it's a night off thing, that's probably okay. But um, I, I think O'Double has played pretty well, actually. He has, yeah. Odubel's played very well over the last several weeks, so uh, it's his job to keep for now. Um, Still working on Ray. Okay, the other thing I was going to mention to you about the Phillies, uh, I didn't look at the exact number, but I believe it's 15 uh, as we are at June 9th, and Bryce Harper has 15 RBIs. Well, he was out for a while, but let's get our guest on. We're ready. Hey, there's Ray. Let's, let's, let's get him on. Here he is. There he is. Hello, Ray. Hello, How Ray. How are you this morning or this afternoon or evening? <laughs> what day is today? We're good. All right, Ray, let me, let me tell everybody who missed it. You are a U.S. Masters All-American swimmer. You were a longtime financial planner. Um, now you're doing a weekly podcast with some other people just like you, the luckiest people in the world. But how did you get here? First of all, let's talk about your swimming career. You must be pretty good if you're an All-American. Well, I swam in college, okay? And uh, I tried out for the Olympic team in 1964. Missed it by a whole lot, okay? But I had been working out for uh, a long time. You were putting in five, six hours a day, and I got fed up, and I decided, okay, enough is enough. So I quit for 30 years. (laughs) <laughs> and and then I had a friend of mine who was uh, sitting next to me in a study group, and he announced that he was going to run his first marathon. And I challenged him. I said, well, if you finish your marathon, I'll go back to competitive swimming, and I'll win a national championship. I was being really flipped. <laughs> okay, well, he did. Okay. And three years later, I was lucky enough that I won my first national master's championship in Honolulu, Hawaii, by one one hundredth of a second. Hmm. Wow. 
And All-American, what All-American means in Masters Swimming is that you have the best time in the country in your event for that particular year. So I've done that a couple of times, but swimming's a whole lot of fun. So uh, yes, I've been lucky. I've been able to achieve now today what I couldn't achieve when I was young and in college. <laughs> well, Ray, uh, how my one of my sons, he's actually been a guest on our show uh, a time too, uh, competes in the Ironman triathlons, uh, but he only does one a year, uh, prepares for six months to to show up on that day. How much do you compete? Do you do it pretty regular, or is it kind of like him where he gets gets ready for the big show? Oh, no. Uh, guys like him are crazy people. <laughs> okay? Because they have to keep going for like 15 hours in some cases. Yeah, uh, I actually cheat, and I'll tell you how I do it. I, uh, I swim uh, probably three, four times a week most of the time. When I get to the point where I'm close to competition, I'll increase that to five or six times a week. But what I do is I choose my competition when I'm the youngster in the age group. So I compete every five years. So I'm coming up where next year is my competition year. I'll be in the 80 to 85 age group then. And that gives you a tremendous advantage because one of the things I find is that there are too many other things I want to do. You know, uh, we we traveled to Africa a couple of years ago. It's It's kind of hard to find a swimming pool in the jungle. <laughs> and I don't think you want to go on those rivers. <laughs> well, Ray, so you are 79. Did I have that right? I am. I am 79 as we speak. Yes. All right. Now you've done some radio, you've done some TV. You've of course written some books, which I'm going to show right there. There's a few of your books. Um, you're on good morning America. And the last few years you've been doing a weekly podcast and on the podcast, you introduce your viewers or your listeners rather to some of the other luckiest people. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, we know one of those guys pretty well, and that is the original Philly fanatic, David Raymond. David Raymond you, yes. Yeah. You also told me you have, you had a guy on there who was 103 years old and he's an athlete. Uh, well, he wasn't on our pod show, uh, but uh, uh, I went to the national championships uh, about five years ago in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And I did my swimming thing and I'm wandering around after swimming and I see this guy wandering around and he's carrying a stack of medals. And I think he had six of them and five were gold and one was silver. So I went up to talk to him and I found out John was his name and John won his medals in the 100 to 104 age group. <laughs> and at age 103, he won his medals in the shot put, the discus, the hammer throw, the javelin. <laughs> and can you believe he lost one event to a crummy 101-year-old? <laughs> so, you know, welcome to a different world. You know, you guys normally talk to these young, really good athletes. Uh, you know, kind of welcome to the world of the geezer jock here. <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Something to look forward to, for sure, for, yeah. for, for us guys. Hey, Ray, uh, you, how did you get all involved into the luckiest man? Uh, reading, reading in your website a little bit, trying to, to understand you a little bit. Um, break the rules. It's about breaking the rules. How, how did that all come about? Yeah, well, there's two things. Uh, one of the things as a financial advisor, I realized when I sold my practice that we had done a pretty good job of getting people to have money. 
but we never taught them how to spend it. And uh, let's go back to our 103-year-old for a minute. You know, one of the things I realized right after that is if I'm lucky enough to live to be 100, and a lot of us are now. In fact, we just interviewed a guy last week who interviewed 100 people over the age of 100 for a project that he was doing. So it's the fastest growing segment age group-wise in the United States. And if I was lucky enough to live that long, what did I want? Did I want to be like this guy out winning medals and celebrating with his friends? Or did I want to find myself in a wheelchair in a nursing home hallway somewhere? Hmm. And, and the second thing was, uh, you know, if I, if I make it to 100, and who knows whether that'll happen or not, but there's 20 or 25 years in there, and what are you going to do with that time? So one of the things that we try and do now with our luckiest guy in the world, luckiest people in the world, is to teach people how to have expansive lives and how to make the most of the rest of their lifetime, whatever that is. And and, uh, part of that is uh, maybe being an athlete and making sure that you stay in shape. Uh, Some of it is finding rewarding careers and things to do. Uh, Some of it has to do with helping others. You know, we uh, we interviewed another young guy on our show not too long ago. His name is Mike Smith. And uh, Mike was a senior VP for the NFL for 16 years. And he was a financial guy primarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently he took off on his own because he wanted to be able to make more of a contribution to the people around him. And uh, we're finding lots and lots of people are doing that. Uh, but he had a tough career in the NFL. He had to go to 16 Super Bowls. <laughs> now, by the way, he's joining us tomorrow afternoon. We have a virtual cocktail hour on Thursdays. And if you're available, you're welcome to join us. And it's a chance, uh, you know, when we do a podcast, it's kind of one way. And you don't have a chance to really have a conversation. Uh, but Mike's coming on and gives us a chance to talk to him and maybe find out some of those stories about the NFL guys. Interesting. Hey, well, speaking of the NFL, you told me that you grew up in the Cleveland area, uh, which means you got to see Indians players like Rocky Colavito and Bob Feller in your youth, and then Cleveland Brown legends Otto Graham and, of course, Jim Brown. So uh, that's pretty good. You got some legends there. You can't see this Rocky Colavito book that I have. It's autographed to me. And I met uh, a cousin of Rocky's. Uh, but, but Rocky was one of these people who was a childhood hero uh, because he'd come into a game and he'd either strike out or he'd hit four home runs in a game. Hmm. And, and uh, Cleveland was an exciting place to grow up in the, in the 40s and the 50s. And uh, they had great teams. And then uh, I moved to Philadelphia in 1960, which was the year after the Eagles won the championship. And then they went downhill right afterwards. So I just doomed teams no matter yeah. where I go. But uh, fortunately, uh, Philly sports have come back strong and they do really well these days. Hey, Ray, uh, before we, I don't want to run out of time on us, uh, how can people listen to that? Uh, podcast tomorrow or your podcast as a whole? Well, we have a podcast. It's available on uh, iTunes. It's available, uh, you know, on Simplecast and a whole lot of channels. Uh, It's called Changing the Rules. And uh, you can uh, find it and subscribe to it. 
And what we talk about is the fact that we have been given so many rules in our lifetime, and you really can't live your own life if you're under somebody else's rules. So don't be afraid to change those rules and make them work for you. And, and we find that a whole lot of successful people are doing that. And I would guess if we probed into the two of you, you two guys qualify as some of the luckiest people in the world, because I think you're doing some stuff that make you really happy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, I saw in one of the background pieces that I saw on you, you said some 70% of people aren't really happy with their job. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's a Gallup poll that came out uh, several years ago. And I think the number that they came out with, uh, and the headline was 80% of the people in this country hate their stupid jobs. <laughs> and, and I think that's probably a little rash, but I, I, we find when we ask people that we meet on the street that most of them just really do not like what they're doing. And they're trapped. They're trapped because uh, they have kids. They need to make an income. Uh, you know, we get promotions. We get a little more money. And then the next thing we know is we can't leave. And uh, I, I think the luckiest people in the world are able to find that channel. Uh, sometimes it's quitting your job. Sometimes it's doing something on the side. But the whole idea is to be able to do something that you really enjoy that puts a smile on your face. And I haven't seen either of you smile since we've been on. <laughs> How's that? You're always smiling. That's right. Interesting. Hey, uh, Ray, back on the swimming, too, for just a second. Uh, when is the next competition? Uh, well, we're coming off this COVID thing. So a lot of the competitions for this year have been kind of iffy. Uh, I'm channeling for my first meet in September. It's a local meet, and we have to go through this in order to qualify for the National Senior Games, which are going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, next May. And I expect that this thing will get going perfectly for me. This COVID thing just worked miracles. <laughs> you know, it got me out of this year when I'm totally non-competitive. got me set up for next year when I'm the baby in the age group. There you go. Well, Ray, please come back in a few months and uh, we'll talk more about your training and, uh, you know, what you have planned for your 80s, okay? Okay, I, and thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, I look forward to talking to you guys more. I listen to your podcast every once in a while. I don't listen to it every time, but, uh, you know, this whole thing going on with the 76ers, with Embed, all of that stuff, you guys shine a light on it that uh, makes me ask questions. Okay, by, by the way, thanks to our mutual friend, Chris Parsons, for connecting us. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Everybody have a great day, and thanks so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank All you, right, Ray. Ray. Thank you. All right, Chet. Good stuff right there. How about that? That was, that was kind of cool. That was nice. He, Ray's cool. All right. Well, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, which we are part of. Birds IQ every Monday, 7 p.m. live with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles football. Edge of Philly Sports Live, Joe, Freddie, and Big Al cover four for four and so much more. That's tonight, every Wednesday, live, 9.30 p.m. And join Tom Kelly and the gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. They, too, talking all things Philly sports. And, Chet, there's also some other shows being added, other people being becoming part of the team as well. So you can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. 
Help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your friends and family. Don't forget to sign up for the weekly EOP newsletter that arrives each Friday by email. Oh, there's the bell. We had to get random Chet in here, I'm sure. We, we couldn't run late on that. <laughs> Bill, as you're aware, there is a national day for just about everything. For example, today, June 9th, happens to be National Strawberry Rhubarb Day, or Rhubarb <laughs> Pie Day, and National Donald Duck Day, which, by the way, is not what it's quacked up to be. Sorry mm. about that one. Uh, anyway, I discovered on Monday that June 7th is, for some reason... National VCR Day, for real. Now, believe it or not, initial versions of the video cassette recorder were actually invented back in the 1950s, but they were never really made available to consumers until the late 1970s. The Sony Betamax and JVZ's video home system, better known as VHS. Well, although they were very pricey the first few years, I just had to have one and somehow managed to buy a Sears Betavision VCR. I was going to show you a picture of it, but I forgot to load that in here. Uh, yeah, I, I had a Sears Beta VCR from 1981. Yes, it was a lovely top-loading Beta VCR made for Sears by Sanyo. The price, $900. I kid you not. <laughs> which adjusted for inflation is about $2,500 in today's money. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was a beta versus VHS war for several years, and I reasoned that beta would ultimately win out because the quality seemed to smidge better, and the, the videotapes were smaller. See, you got a beta and you got a VHS. Beta was smaller, so they'd take up less room. Well, I was wrong. VHS ultimately prevailed. Anyway, I went through two beta VCRs in the 1980s before having to switch to VHS when my second beta machine died. I still do have a working VHS machine connected, by the way, just in case I feel the urge to watch, for example, E.T., the extraterrestrial, or the creature from the Black Lagoon on VHS. Now I can watch the first two movies. I can't rather watch the very first two movies I ever bought when I got that 1981 Sears Betamax, but I do still have those beta tapes. Um, yeah, 1981-82, I paid $25 for Airplane, the great comedy on beta. And I swear, I paid $49 for the horror classic Night of the Living Dead. Can't watch it anymore on beta, but I still have the tape. Anyway, a couple of days late. Happy National VCR Day, everyone. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> still have the beta machine? I mean, somebody could probably I do not. That. You know, I had it in my garage for a few years, finally got rid of it. Now I still have about three or four non-working VHS machines, but I do have one that works connected in my den just in case I need it. Well, you know, any movie that you might want to watch, like E.T., you can just yeah. pull it up. My I know. I know. I, I just like having the physical. It's like CDs and albums. I like having that rather than digital. Just you I'm an old guy. Take you know? that one piece of furniture out of your man cave, and Miss Linda will probably be very happy about that. <laughs> Trust me. She would be very happy if I cleaned the and, man cave. And, and, and cleared that whole shelf of uh, yeah. videos and albums, too, probably. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that. Good, good stuff. All right. Uh, well, guests, great guests tonight, and Neil Hartman and Ray Lowe. Uh, 
So who we got coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, Jeff? Next week, Bill, we will likely have lots of Sixers talk once again because, uh, well, that's going to be game five of the Sixers-Hawks next Wednesday. They play Friday, then they play Monday, and game five will be next Wednesday back in Philly. So hopefully we'll have somebody to talk about that. But we will definitely be talking Phillies at some point next week with this guy who we haven't had on for more than two years, T-Mac, Tom McCarthy, Phillies play-by-play voice, you know, T-Mac will be great as always. Phillies are out west next week. They'll be in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Very good. So he he's still not traveling, right? They're still doing... I don't think they're traveling yet, but that's... I got to find out. I'm not sure what the situation is. So we'll, we'll find out from T-Mac next week. Very good. And we are good for Wednesday next week, even with the Sixers game, right? We're not switching days or anything. You I thought about switching, things. but we're going to stay on Wednesday next week. All right. All right. You think Mr. Softy will be playing by then? Oh. You know, you like Ray Dinger, right? You trust Ray Dinger's opinion. I wrote this down today. Ray that Dinger doesn't was, mean I always have to agree with him. Ray Dinger was on WIP today. He said this when he was asked about Embiid. And Ray said, you know, I've seen all the great big men in Philadelphia. I've seen Wilt. I've seen Moses. At this point, you can mention Joel Embiid in their company. He is that level of player. Boom. Well, no doubt. That's not the argument. He's got a torn meniscus, Bill. He's lucky to be out there. Okay, move along because you, you just you just can't get over this. He's lucky. He's lucky. If he was lucky, he'd be out. Unless he was that with Ray no Lowe, and then he'd that be makes no one sense. of the luckiest. Makes no sense. Around, you know, you're, you're killing me. You're, you're move love, along, Bill. Your love fest with Joel is just what else me. we got? Not the player. The status. That's what else we got? all we have. We have a parting shot from you. Oh, yeah, we do actually. Let's see if I have uh, this ready to go. I, I totally forgot I had a parting shot here tonight. Let's squeeze this in here. Okay, yeah, Bill. We were talking about the Phillies earlier. This Philly season has had more downs than ups, unfortunately. Though not as dreadful as what we saw in last year's mercifully short season, the bullpen has been a major problem again, including in Tuesday night's loss to the Braves. But even worse than that has been some very, very bad defense. As you said, consistently bad defense. And then they make mistakes like you might see in a Little League game, such as what we saw last Friday night from soon-to-be 30-year-old journeyman Travis Jankowski in a 2-1 to loss to the Nationals at great pitching duels, Scherzer, and uh, Zach Wheeler, both of whom got taken out sooner than they probably should have. Here are Phillies radio voices, Scott Fransky and the great Larry Anderson, describing that hard-to-believe moment. The big right-hander is set. Check second, the 2-2, and it's in the dirt. Jankowski broke for third, now gets hung up. Avila chasing at the runner, and he's going to hold on to the baseball. Jankowski is going to get tagged out in the baseline for the first out here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Oh, my goodness. Please tell me that didn't just happen. (laughs) L.A. with the reaction that all of us who watched probably could relate to. And then the next morning on 94 WIP on the Glenn and Ray show, having watched all of that unfold, here is the Hall of Famer, Ray Diddy, putting this 2021 season in perspective. That's part of my frustration with this team. They're stupid at the plate. They're stupid in the field. And they're stupid on the bases. 
<laughs> yeah, that sums it up, Ray. Uh, so after the disappointing Eagle season, the disappointing Flyer season, and what's shaping up to be a disappointing Philly season, I say to you, Bill, thank goodness for Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go with you on that because it's not looking too good. Uh, interesting. You know, I don't, I don't know about stupid, you know, but uh, I guess it is. I, I did get to listen, Chet, the, uh, I was on the radio driving back the other night when uh, the night after that Jankowski deal and L.A. and Fransky were talking about it again. And uh, yeah. they were talking about how he at least owned it. You know, yeah, he said, he yeah, no excuses, my fault. And, uh, of course, L.A. said, well, we're glad you owned it because you're right. There's no excuses. And it was your no fault. excuse at all. A couple other things real quickly. Ed, Bark Ed Barkowitz and Frank Fitzpatrick oh. calling it uh, quits or accepting a buyout in Eddie Barkowitz's case. We wish them the best. And another one. Um, uh, yeah, Mark Narducci. Mark Narducci. Yeah. Mark Narducci. And tomorrow, Thursday, in uh, Delco, it is Mayor of Easttown Day at uh, one of the brand new Wawa's that they are opening up there. So uh, that series has been quite a big hit. Yeah, Absolutely. And they're having Delco Day this weekend, Chet. Uh, yeah. I, try, I, I made a, a note to Big John Roberts. He needs to go out there and see Freddie and Al and the, the gang at EOP and get a lesson in life in Delco. It's a whole different kind of place. And uh, Yeah. You know, Big John probably needs to get out of the city and get a little education out there in Delaware County. I'd be there, but I'll be out of town. I'll be up in coal country on Saturday for a high school graduation. All right. Sounds good. Anything else? The other things I had, we ended up mixing in with the uh, with our conversation. So I am done. Michael J. Fox is 60 today. Natalie Portman is 40 today. Happy birthday. Holy cow. All right. Let's wrap, wrap it up. It up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Neil Hartman, Ray Lowe, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, June the 16th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Sixers! Clap your hands, everybody, for Philadelphia, 76ers, stop your feet, everybody, for Philadelphia, 76ers, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6ers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.